Chapter 1 The Grief Fall Grief Fall The free fall after loss The compass that both loses and finds you Nothing is ever the same She died, she died, my father said frantically on the other end of the phone She died while I went to pick up the phone and talk to you a minute ago Time immediately stopped I momentarily left my body. I heard his words, but as I stood on a busy street in New York City, I couldn't make sense of what he was saying. I'd just hung up with him a few seconds earlier when she was still alive. My mother just died. Full stop. I told my dad I'd be on the next train back home and hung up as my body began to shake from the shock. I was on the corner of East 77th Street, stuck in a loop of horrific information. I watched the street crossing sign change. White, flashing, red. And again, white, flashing, red. I willed my body to take a step, to cross the street, to move anywhere at all, but it was frozen in place. I looked around for someone with whom I could share the most important, devastating news, some stranger to witness my loss. I needed someone to give me a reference point. My world was shrinking around me, and fast. I felt disoriented and untethered to my surroundings. I felt like I was free-falling. But to where? But there was no one. On this otherwise ordinary Friday morning in early December, there wasn't a single human nearby. It was so weird. I mean, it's Manhattan. There are always people, especially during the weekday morning rush hour. Where are all the people? This doesn't even feel real. Maybe it isn't. But wait, my mother died. My mother, who had celebrated her 64th birthday with family and friends 12 days earlier, looking healthier than she had in some time, is no longer. This is real. Yes, it is real. Now what? I felt dazed, but aware enough to stifle any emotions. How could I navigate my way through the subway if my eyes were blurred with tears? I began to make my way to the Metro North train at Grand Central to ride an hour up the river to the Hudson Valley to my hometown. I was careful not to cry because even in my shock, I was still vain enough not to want to snot all over myself in public. Once on the train, I spent an inordinate amount of time practicing what I'd say if a stranger tried to sit next to me. I'm sorry you can't sit here because my mom just died and I need space to quietly lose my shit if I have to, thanks. Or, I'm sorry, but I'm saving the seat for my mother who will be here any moment, I'm sure. Even if not visibly. Was anything not totally bizarre to say? Surveying my inner dialogue, I realized I was an emotional wildcard weirdo at the moment. I had to embrace it, though. It could be no other way. Luckily, No one even tried to sit near me, so my train-riding reputation remained intact, and my relief was overflowing for my hour of aloneness. I felt like I was disconnected from real life, 
but I knew when I got off that train I'd have to help to get the preparations for her funeral started. I needed to keep it together, so I stared out the window at the Hudson River speeding past, repeating the reality back to myself. Mom died. Okay, she died. Over and over, I reminded myself of that simple, devastating fact, really trying to ground myself in that heavy new reality. The suddenness of her passing was too harsh to integrate. Loss is funny like that. Everything feels shocking, even if it isn't really a shock. When it was time to get off the train, I felt myself clutching the seat. My body wanted to stay and avoid all that would inevitably come next with losing my mom. Funeral arrangements, calls to make, reservations to book, and many people to see in the coming days. I was already overwhelmed. I didn't want to face this first day without my mother alive or all the things I rehearsed in my head preparing for this very moment. After all, my mother was sick with metastasized colon cancer, and her oncologist had told us early on, a year and a half prior, that there would be no cure or remission. They'd caught it too late. Too late. 